one more thing that's a little, I wrote this down too, and it's regular, that I, I wish I would have figured out a lot earlier is, is inefficient processes amplify exponentially with scale. And, and I wish I would have known that in the beginning, because you, you have all these great ideas. You listen to all these podcasts. You look, you, you look at all these other people's systems and things they're doing, and you want to be like them, and you want to do it like them. And then you may just create – and it may seem like the simplest thing in the world to you at the time, but as you scale, everything exponentially gets more complicated. And, and simple, simple is easy. You know, it's just – I love it. We'll do a quick intro here, Trey. Get our energy going. Get our energy going. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, 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 we have Trey Miller back on the pod. Before, Trey, remember when we used to have to keep you anonymous because of fear for your boss finding out back in the day of uh, you being an associate? Remember those days? You were the I mystery do. guest? Now I we've do, got Kirk, and this is uh you've been on the pod, I think, more times than anybody, maybe. Um, the reason being, let me give some context to people who may have not been thought maybe this is their first time hearing about bulletproof or listening. But uh, but Trey is based out in North Carolina, and I've known him for a long time. I think the first time I met you, you were with your wife, Hannah, and um, and it was out in California for I think like the second summit. I think that was one of the first times we really connected. Is that about accurate? Yeah. That's so it's right. been a long journey. You've been a masterminder for three years now, right? Right. Been the mastermind for three years. And you actually joined using some of your, I mean, you took a leap of faith and you took it, you know, in, in, in the philosophy of I really need this help as I'm growing in my next journey, which you left an associateship and wanted to go into ownership. And I believe you took some of your leasehold improvement money and applied it towards mastermind. Is that, is that an accurate, is that an urban myth or, or is that true? No, that's true. It was it was get a CBCT or join the mastermind. So I went oh, I went two D and so was, smart. So smart. Was. You went two D and bulletproof versus three D. <laughs> that's right. That's smart, um, smart, smart move. I do it, do it again in a heartbeat. So I I, I have to say, Trey, that I've, it's been really a pleasure of my career getting to know you and help you and kind of you know feel like I've played a part um, in just your journey. Um, you've put in the hard work. I always tell people like you just don't get miraculous results like Trey has gotten without, without digging in and doing the shit, right. Eating the glass. And then, um, you know, it's part of it. So, but it's been, it's been quite a joy to kind of just watch you and, and, you know, play a small part in some of this. Well, I appreciate you, you know, you and Craig, you guys have been, you know, instrumental and, in, in the growth, uh, you know, the show, you know, it's the glass ceiling, you know, and what's, you don't know what's there um, until you pop through until you pop through. Right. Um, or until someone else does it, you know, the four minute mile. And so, you know, you guys kind of put it out there and threw out the gauntlet and, and I, I was just willing to, willing to go there. But I, you know, again, the mastermind, both you, Craig, even Dwight, uh, you know, now another trade tip, but I mean, you know, these, yeah. you, know, you guys have been, you know, I couldn't have, couldn't have done it without you guys. Well, you know, I, I disagree with that. I think you could have, I think you're, you're, it would have been, you would have gotten there, right. It may be on a slower trajectory. Um, right. Our job was to kind of tap you between the lines and say, go do this, don't do this kind of thing. And, and, and when you're sailing out into a blue ocean, it's scary. 
And so it's fun to have, it, it's not fun. It's important to have good mentors. They can guide you and say, no, land is over there, not, not over there. That's the abyss, abyss of the ocean. Um, yeah, I so, don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd be as happy though, you okay. know? Yeah. Like I think there's a fulfillment that's that you gain from, uh, from it all. And I, I would, I may still have come, you know, lagging behind, but I don't, I don't think I would be as happy as I am yeah. right now. So this, I'm glad you're touching on this because this is an important thing. As we're going over, we actually just had, we're, we're in the month right now of our mastermind of talking about KPIs and what's important and how to move the needle and bonus systems and all these things, right? And Craig and I always contend that there's really like one master KPI, right? All these KPIs that you're doing and look at reappointment rate and EBITDA and all these things, ultimately they should, they should flow up to you, the, the happiness, your fulfillment, as the owner or as a dentist, just period. The ultimate KPI is, are you happy? Are you fulfilled with what you're doing? And if you're not, like, then all the other shit that got you here, all the other shit, like, you know, looking at hygiene reappoint doesn't really matter, in my opinion. So, and I'm not saying you have to have like this inner peace and this kumbaya and you shouldn't look at metrics unless you have kumbaya like happiness. But I think that, I think they're, that doing one without the other or doing one without the optics of the other is, is, it's hard. It's not fulfilling. Like you, like you were kind of saying, like you wouldn't have been as fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, you and I had, you know, many conversations. You were just, you, you just said, just hang in there or, um, you know, or, or, or you're pulling back the spring to, to release the spring. And so, you know, just to kind of get through a certain wave of where you are and, and, um, you know, and it takes some hard work, hard, some trying time sometimes to get to, you know, a place what makes you individually happy. And what's happy for what makes me happy is not, not going to be happy for everybody. And, you know, I think it's important to, to, as we kind of talk through the rest of this podcast to know that like just what I did not for everybody. Cause I, you could get here and, and you'd be absolutely miserable. Okay. So give a summation of where you, how you started your career. Cause someone may have not, you know, this, like I said, this may be someone's first bulletproof or someone have heard about your journey. So give a quick summation tray on what's, how you kind of started your journey in dentistry and where you are now. So I started, I, I practiced in private practice for three years. Um, it's with a pretty well-established private practice. My third year, I was collecting over $900,000 as an associate, um, not including hygiene. So if you had hygiene, it, you know, it's o be over a million dollars. Um, decided that was not the right fit for me and that, you know, I wanted to leave it all for, for glory and uh, do a startup. Um, so in May of 2020, I opened a startup and... Um, and uh, that's kind of where the journey began. You know, I joined the Bulletproof Mastermind before I opened. Um, COVID hit and um, kind of threw everything upside down, which, long story, was probably one of the best things that ever happened to us. And um, year one, um, year to date, from May 5th to May 5th, we collected 1.3 um, in 2020. post-COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. So during. in 2021, you hit, you, you went from May of 2021 to, to May of 2022. Correct. Uh, you hit 1.3. 1. 1. 1.3. Got it. And then okay. in 2022, we did 
2.2 and then in with uh 2020 well i'm sorry i'm sorry 20 the first calendar year so i guess that would have been 22 um, yeah or wait wait let me back up so may of 2020 to may of 2021 we did 1.3 and then in calendar year 2021 we we did um 2.2 and then in 2022 which was last year which we just finished up we did we did 2.7 um 2.7 okay yeah so year over year you're giving a kind of a yeah your window after covid your window of that year of covid and then your window the next following year so the full calendar year so that is quite that is quite the meteoric growth really essentially coming out of covid and then going from zero which is let's call it may to now as being an enterprise value or top line revenue of your practice of being 2.7 you said right 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 so that's you know that's quite the that's quite the uh, the transition what i'd like to know from that and i think what people can know because i think we've gone over some of your journey right we've had you on before when we only had the the time of that first year now we have kind of the second year of 2022 so what did you learn since last we spoke? Like what hurdles did you encounter from going from one three? Because it's a different skill set that's needed to go from one three to two seven. Yeah, that's a great question. And don't let me gloss over and and probe probe where you want, Pete. Um, you know, part of it's personnel, you know, and I, I guess even from from beginning to, to now, I've always been um uh, constantly looking at what kind of hurdles do I have? What are in front of me? What are going to be in front of me? You know, trying to stay five steps ahead always. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and anticipating where, where are, where are your roadblocks going to be? Who's your bottlenecks? How do you, how do we avoid those? And, and, and that's something I'm, I kind of, uh, personally just obsess about. And then sometimes things hit you and you don't even realize it. Um, yeah. You know, from a personnel standpoint, um, you're right. You know, I mean, it, it takes a much different office and team to run a you know one million dollar practice versus a two million dollar practice versus a um, you know two and a half plus. Um, you know, you need a whole different support team. You need training. Are you saying a hurdle, Trey? Just to cut you off, the hurdle has been knowing how to manage your team. I think the hurdle is is being able to flex within all those different mm. range of, of life cycle and understanding that what worked in day one doesn't work today right. and being able to get yourself out of that. Because, um, give me an example, like what kind of, I'll briefly run over, like from the beginning, like day one, you're focused on just putting people on the schedule. You know, you're talking about daily team training on how to answer phone calls, whether we have the, enough supplies to do the root canal that's here because you're running thin on supplies on everything. You're paying attention to collections and Google reviews. I mean, that's like the day day one, first three, three to six months. And then, you know, and then you can get to where you're doing 50, 60 a month. And then it's like, OK, you know, we started with a front desk a high assistant. High, and now it's like, all right, now we need to add you know, another assistant, a hygienist, and, um, and then that gets you to another hurdle. So, so we can kind of fast forward to like, you know, one, $2 million practice to um, a two plus. So, I mean, for me, like a, a, a one to $2 million practice, I mean, I, you know, you're going, you're going to two doctors, you know, yourself and another doctor, 
you're going to have at least three front desk, um, four assistants, three to four hygienists, and then and then possibly think about adding like some type of management. In my opinion, like a clinical manager or an operations manager. Um, I mean, and that that to me was kind of kind of where you know once I started adding in those management level people is where I started seeing you know a some of the the workload cut off myself and then as from a administrative standpoint and then to where like where we were able to then make another jump okay so yeah. let me unpack some of this management what does that mean um so i i pre i, I before i needed it i hired an operations uh manager now that at what level Trey? I, I hired when I was around a million dollars. A million dollars. Okay. So you hired, you hired a man, you hired, what was her, what was the title? Not that we're going to focus on titles, but. An off, um, a um, operations manager. So. Operations manager. And that's different. Do you have a practice? Did you have a practice? Uh, dur- I'm sorry. Did you have an office manager at that point? Yes. So it's, yeah. it's not in a, it's in addition to correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The whole- the whole point, she had previously managed five practices. Okay. It didn't make a bad decision. So this brings up a good point or something. To, then you were crystal clear, even before you had $0 coming in from being your own practice, you were crystal clear on the path, right? You had gone through the exercises of like your vision and what you wanted and what would fulfill you. And you, your vision was not, I want to have one practice. You were wanting, you have always wanted to go from a multi-location discipline, right? You wanted to go in multi-location. You wanted to become more of the CEO of your, of your ecosystem. So where I'm going with this is Trey's that you may, someone listening may say, Oh, cool. I'm at $1 million. Maybe I need that same thing. Maybe I need that same hire. And I would challenge you, someone listening, just saying, be clear on where you want to go because Trey, you made the, you made the action to say, I'm going to hire, not for the practice that I have currently, I'm going to hire for the practices that I want in the future, right? So you made, you made an expensive move, quote unquote expenses, right? Because, because our, our salaries and our payroll are, are usually our biggest expense in our line item. You made that move to say, I'm going to, I'm going to take the investment from the, ex, the, ex, the expense and actually plan for offices, two, three, four, whatever it may be. And also to be growing for revenue and optimizing the current practice that I have, which sounds like you've already done whether that was an expansion, right? Am I tracking on that so far? Is that kind of seen? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough hire. I mean, it was 82, you know, I paid her $82,000 a year and right. um, it's done for a non, a non-clinical, non-producing, really even a non-day-to-day, uh, basically a, an oversight and in, in systems developing, you know, front desk protocol creation individual to then, to then help help us grow and scale um, was this is the sole reason for hiring her so that when we did practice number two that we just plug and play from okay. day one. So you spent, you've been spending a lot of time building the flagship, right? We yep. always call it kind of the flagship office, getting things buttoned up, your systems, your operations, your protocols, right? The SOPs of your practice buttoned up so that you are ready for scale. So many of us, myself included, just jumped into office number two because we could, right? Because the revenues at a uh, at number one were good enough to compensate for sloppy operational systems 
right? And I'm, I'm going back in my own career back to 2009. I kind of did this, <clears throat> which I think in hindsight, you know, um, if, if I could have changed one thing about my trajectory, it would have probably been spend more time on number one because it would have saved me a lot of ass kicking, spend more time in, on, on really bulletproofing the systems, the operations and the protocols for number two. So I'm, I hope that, that you learned kind of from, you know, and I know I kind of pressed on, you know, been pressing on you to kind of really do all this stuff. Maybe not me, but Craig or, or bulletproof because it's crystal clear on what you wanted to do. And even yeah. if you're not, Trey, let me say one last thing and then I'll shut up. Even if you're not, let's just say you think you want to start out with being the multiple location, right? Like, let's say you hypothetically have been like, this is what I want. Like so many people, I want five locations, right? And then you go through the school of Craig and he kind of breaks down and he's like, well, that's not really what you wanted, is it? And you're like, nope, I just really wanted one that operated well. Hypothetically, if you had come to that realization, you only wanted one, how much better would your fulfillment and your happiness be if you had done this anyway, right? If you had built for many, but stayed at one. Yeah. That makes be, sense. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. It'd be great. And I, and I'd have no problem if I get to a point that I'm not happy and fulfilled and I'm miserable. I, I can, I can always go back and go, go backwards, which I know I won't, but I, I always could. And it's going to be, you know, a well-oiled machine. It's going to be functioning properly. I can walk in the door, do the dentistry and go home at the end of the day. Numbers look great. Collections look great. Let's, let's, I remember you called me once in your, in your journey and I'll never forget it. Um, you said, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I am teetering on burnout. I can't do this. And I think it's so common to hear this And you know, how many, how many times did that, did I say that own thing, same thing to my own, my own self. Um, and I think that, that you did something very important is that you were, you were aware of the way you were feeling. And then you enlisted the help of someone who said like, is this a normal, should I be feeling this? And I was like, Trey, this is part of it. Like, it's just one more step, one more step, one more step, a couple more months. Right. And they, which breaks you to that other point. And now you were like, I have no freedom. I have no free time. I have no, this, I have no, you know, it was like, I'm burnt out. Right. Contrast to where you are now right? You're able to think about your business. You're able to go on fishing trips. You're able to do things with your family because you put in the hard work and the sacrifices in the beginning, where I always say this, most entrepreneurs or most business people get to that point where they think I can't do it. And then they stop, right? They're mere mortals. They real, they stop and they say, well, that was just too hard, which is why the spoils go to people who, like I always say, put in the, put in the work, put in the hard work, you, you identified your weaknesses. Hey, I'm not a very good marketer. I have a shitty marketing company. I'm going to go learn marketing. Hey, I'm not a very good, you know, business owner. I'm not a good, very good leader organically. I'm going to learn some leadership stuff. So not only were you doing the operations of the practice, you were actually side hustling and learning skills. Like I said, the marketing and the leadership and things like that, you were side hustling and learning skills that were going to take you from A to B. Yeah, and that's one thing, uh, you know, I wrote, took down some notes for before the call. And, and one thing I wish I would have done even sooner, you know, and you helped me realize, well, first thing you said was be careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be careful what you wish for, right? Well, that's <laughs> how the conversation started. Uh, but um, I, I wish I would have been able to analyze and pivot faster, you know, to a analyze 
from a non-emotional, from a mm-hmm. from a numbers perspective, um, you know, as a as like a third party looking at your practice, mm-hmm. analyze on and be able to pivot because every step of the way, every hurdle, every plateau of your numbers, there, there's there's something that's going to get you over that next hump. And you just have to make those pivots and you're, you're the one that holds the keys. And it was kind of a pivotal moment for me to realize one day I realized, I don't remember what or when it was probably one of our calls is that, you know, like I, I make the rules, mm-hmm. you know, my, this is my practice. If I'm miserable, then I, I get to make the rules to, to be able to change that. Cause otherwise, you know, we got, very busy, very fast. And I was just running myself into, into the ground. I mean, granted we were doing a hundred plus a month and, you know, you know, the, uh, you know, very profitable making money, but I was so busy. I couldn't get myself out of the weeds. And then finally, when I had that realization, it was like a light bulb went off and I realized like, all right, we got to start making some changes. And that, that's, that was the journey of, of of becoming fulfilled and becoming happy and understanding like that you know this this is this is the way it's supposed to be i love that it's like that extreme accountability you took right you you so many of us including myself in this we play sometimes this victim as well as me and oh i can't do this because the economy oh i can't do this because i'm just an associate oh i can't do this right and we play this narrative in our head and before long it's the self-fulfilling prophecy and so you're right. Sometimes you have to get in and 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 be and recognize that you are the creator of what happens next. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and and and, and again, I'm gonna say this again, every step of the way is a different hurdle and a different kind of hurdle mm-hmm. and a different kind of challenge. And you you have to be able to see it. And if you don't see it, you, you're gonna be stuck where you are forever you're gonna you know you're just gonna be stuck in a in a clinical setting if that's because we're gonna be fine but if you're not if you're not you know then then you got to find your way out of it and but hurdles you know like it's funny we always talk about this and you know i have hurdles craig has hurdles people who are 10x the size of us have hurdles you've had hurdles so happiness and fulfillment is not the absence of it it's just kind of qualifying and getting better quality hurdles where you're gamifying it where you're saying like god the hurdles i had two years ago were shitty right these are a little bit better at least they're challenging and i can do something about them and and i think you know we always say that that people think that life that happiness is sitting on the beach with the corona with the absence of hurdles and it's actually quite the opposite, right? We, humans want to solve shit. We want to solve problems. We want to fix things. We want to ideate. We want to use our brain. We want to get out of bed in the morning, eager to go do that, right? And when you when you don't have that, I think that's where there's a lack of fulfillment. Going back, I know this wasn't supposed to be a fulfillment pod, and we've but we brought it up a couple of times um, because I think you. How old are you, Trey? Thirty-seven. Yeah. So figuring this shit out, like you've kind of been doing at age 37, where most people don't figure out this out until they're 65 or 60s or late 50s, whatever it may be. Like it's such a massive advantage that, you know, you're playing in a different game. I'm just proud of you because it's like, you know, you you ate the glass, you ate the glass and you came on the other side and you spit it out and you're like, here's the bottle. (laughs) Neither one of us are very uh, touchy feely kind of guys at all. And here we are talking about this. Well, let's, 
I wrote some things down. I think this would be this could be helpful for people. This would be something I would Wait, did this get too touchy feely with oh. that. This would be a first for 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 me. If I if I took us in a direction of being too touchy feely, <laughs> that would be officially the first podcast. Without Craig being here, that would that would say the hard right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You wrote down some things. What? Yeah, I, I thought this teach and preach. Yeah. So so for me, I'll just say from my perspective, um, like I hit a hurdle at, at about the million dollar mark. And I, and I hear a lot of hurdles at million dollar marks. Um, and for me, w- the couple things I wrote down, five things that helped me get over that hurdle. You know, one, I could plow through, uh, you know, and do a lot of different industry to be able to kind of compensate for lack of areas and other and other sections of the practice. So one, we started focusing on, you know, retaining hygiene patients. So that's focusing on hygiene reappointment rate. That was, that was number one. Okay. Two, um, making sure that we have, um, that uh, accounts receivable is, is under control, um, okay. the collection processes. Um, three, I think was the absolute biggest was scheduling. And I think, um, you know, you scheduling, scheduling. Yes. I mean, what specifically? So I, if I, I'm to the point now where if I sit in the chair, I, I, like I want to be doing ten thousand dollars a day in production. Okay. Like I just I, I don't. It's not worth my time, and I hate to kind of say it that way. I mean, I'll definitely do it, but like that's that's my goal is ten thousand dollars a day in, in production. So an eight hour day, so essentially a twelve hundred dollar an hour is what you're kind of looking for, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Twelve fifty. Yeah. Let's call it. Right. Um, okay. Fair. So, so we we block schedule now to production, um, and when we hit that production, unless it's like a you know a twelve thousand dollar impression for like a you know, but for the most part, if it's um, uh, once we hit that that mark, we we move on to the next day, so that we don't have these high you know twenty thousand dollar days, five thousand dollar days, and and um, so that was that was a huge one as well. Um, uh, looking at looking at like a little bit more detailed numbers like production per patient, you know, and then diving into some of the other individuals like perio percentages, um, mm-hmm. like just the little things, not overload with with tons of data and information. And then the last one was was getting processes and systems in place. And I say processes that, that, you know, I know we always talk about system, 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 but just having, having processes in place for me, systems are reproducible, scalable processes are just having something in place that can get you to uh, uh, the next, the next level. So like, those were the main, the main five things that I focused on, make sure we had a process for everything. Um, focusing on those small numbers and then making sure that we were scheduling appropriately. And then that, that plus adding, you know, then, then, then we added, you know, another doctor, more treatment rooms. We did an expansion, um, you know, open the capacity. We had a, we went from six ops to 11 ops. Um, and then we added doctors, hygienists, assistants, front desk, um, kind of in, in that, that specific order. And then I got stuck at the 150, 200,000 a month. And I think that was probably the biggest one for me to, to jump over because what happened there is that it, we started refining those processes and we started simplifying. And that was, 
the biggest thing we just talked about this on our our call at lunch but like once i started simplifying everything in my practice things got easier for me things got clearer people's happiness got better we started producing more you know it, it, it was like a massive change and things that we don't think are complicated are complicated at scale and things get really complicated at two two and a half million dollars a year in my in my opinion i would agree I would agree. I think that complications or complexity is the enemy of us executing, right? And that's a Tony Robbinsism. He that's a he said that, not me said that, right? But I do agree with that. the The idea of creating systems isn't to overcomplicate your life, isn't to micromanage people. It's to create simplicity and everyone knowing what are the goals. Here's how we're playing this football game, right? Here's the plays. Here's the score, you know, here's how much time we have. I'm getting into a sports analysis because everyone understands goals, right? The goal line of, of playing sports. And you have team members there on, on the field, it's just like you have team members in your practice. And so I think just having a playbook, i.e. your systems, your operational manual, or, or, or it doesn't have to be a manual. I want to say it's not a manual. You know, you actually probably dug in and did some, you know, videos and you really kind of spent a lot of time training. And I think you mentioned earlier on the pod tray that, that COVID in hindsight was one of the biggest blessings for that because it lets you sit around and architect a lot of this. Am I, am I, am I hitting that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so that's going back to the working, you had the benefit of instead of being like, well, we're on vacation for three months because of COVID you, you said, I'm going to use this time to, to create. And, um, and think about what I want. And I think that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I, I, the two people I let go before we even hired, you know, I, I hired them. They hadn't officially started. I had to lay them off. And then I, they had to take a leap of faith, which I'm not sure where they were going to go, but we had, you know, two or three week, three, two or three meetings, one hour meetings a, a week to talk about, you know, I mean, different types of training systems. And, and I, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't pay them, but I told them I'll take care of you when we start back, you know, and I, and I basically bonus them when we start back, started back. Um, and so, yeah, and it allowed us to, you know, extra- so what's your big, what's your big plan for dentistry for your career? So Peter, it is shocking to me how many people, one, have not actually heard about ERC and two have gotten the wrong information and you and Trey being two of them. I mean, I consider you to be an epic business person. And when I talked about the employee retention credit to you, you were really dismissive of me. Like, no, I, I went through that. I got it. I, you know, it was great. I got it. It was done. And even Trey just now, we were just talking to him on the last pod. He's like, yeah, I already, I, you know, my accounting firm, they, they got it very little. They only got like five or 10 grand. So we know this is totally misunderstood. I was told I didn't qualify until I went to a specialist and they're like, you absolutely qualify. And here's the number. And it, it almost startled me. Like I, my jaw was off on the ground. I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't serious? actually, you don't believe it. You don't believe, believe it. it. But going yeah. to, don't ask your CPA, ask someone who specializes with, which is why we actually have this awesome arrangement. And we created a link and the company It's bullet, go to bulletproof ERC to help kind of implement this because 
from this pot of money that Congress has has allocated. We want the people listening from Bulletproof to take advantage of it. So this is why right. it's kind of this this announcement is going on because it's don't like I said, don't ask your CPA. Ask the people right. who this is the well, only what, thing they do all day, every day. That's why we had to do this because initially I was telling everybody, telling you, telling everybody, like, oh, I, I went, we don't qualify. So like, oh, this is not going the way it's supposed to. Like, you mm-hmm. have to go to the people that do it. So I'm really proud of that. Um, my buddy Norm works at the company. Norm, as you know, is like the nicest guy in the world. He's literally like Ned Flanders. He's like, he how really do you do? Is. He'll do. He'll fill out your form. He'll walk you through the process. He'll do the Zoom call with you. It's literally white glove service that you don't have to do anything. And this is what they do. And it's an unbelievable program. You have two ways to pay for it. Um, You can either pay up front or they can just take a percentage when they give you the money. And it is awesome. You did one, I did the other. We won't tell which one, who, who did what, but it's a government program. It's going to run out. Do not delay. It's amazing how many people are like, I'll handle a couple months. I don't have yeah. time. You don't need any time. Like this first is like come, crazy. First come, first serve, right? <laughs> first come, first serve. And I mean, I know the government's treated you well through the CARES Act and you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe I don't need this. It is your money this to have. This is part of the CARES Act. Right, it is part of the CARES Act, but a lot, I mean, even when I thought about it, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to take, you know, more money. But this is a program that's allocated for people like you who have kept your employees, kept your businesses open. Do not take it for granted. If your accountant told you, or your friend who's a lawyer told you, do not leave that stone unturned. Go to bulletprooferc.com. Spend five minutes. It's worth the due diligence. Do not assume anything. And even if you filled it out, you got something, but it wasn't, you know, what you think is commensurate for your size business, go ahead and reopen the process. You can amend these things for different years. Yeah. So do yourself a favor, take the five or 10 minutes, have a Zoom call. You may be leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table, which is not prudent for you, your business, and the, the families that your business supports. Do it for them. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I mean, it, it will always change. Um, uh, so depending on what, where you get to and how comfortable you are and, you know, what that um, looks like when you get there. Because you don't know. You don't know. You don't know Correct. what you don't know. But based um, on present day data of what you feel right now, where is your trajectory? What is your plan? So I'm well. Currently, I'm I'm under construct uh, under a contract for a piece of property to build a building for um, probably a four to five thousand square foot building um, for location number two. Um, so I, I mean I I, I think um, long term it's going to be five to seven um, practices uh, that are somewhere in that twelve twelve to. Four, I'm not sure I'll do another 14-op practice, but I wouldn't completely rule it out. But, you know, two doctor practices with 10 to, 10 to 12 ops um, kind of spaced out in a general vicinity. Um, I'm on the outskirts of Charlotte, but in a similar demographic on the outskirts of Charlotte, definitely owning the real estate involved as well. Um, I like that plan. You've had a, you've had a good mentor. Um, <laughs> so familiar. <laughs> The so do you feel does does that scare you? Does making that deck does that goal scare you a little bit? Do, do, you know, because some people would say like if if it doesn't scare you, then maybe it's not big enough. Or if it does scare you, right? Does it mean that that you feel like you lack the skills to get you from there to there? Um, I know it's going to be challenging. Sure. I, I mean, 
I'm ex I'm excited for I'm excited for where I'm headed. I mean, it's um, like I, I'm looking forward to the new challenges that are ahead. I mean, um, you know, the the challenges of you know now growing other uh, other people to help your business grow and and to kind of take on a new a new venture. So I'm I'm more excited than anything. Yeah. Uh, of course, I'm. Of course, I'm a little scared, but nothing like opening a practice in, during during COVID. <laughs> Everything else is seemed so much doable after after you kind of after going through. Well, what, you know, if you didn't have some fear, I think you'd be a sociopath, right? Like, I think fear is a good thing, and that it gets you fear. You know, humans kind of are motivated by two things. I think, and I think this is like Maslow says this: it's like fear of loss and avoidance of pain, right? And so. What you, your fear is motivated by, hey, I've created something pretty awesome that's really not broken. I don't want to mess it up, right? So fear of, I don't want to lose what I've created. So that's the fear that's going to drive you into the next phases of, well, I kind of want more because it's my calling. But that fear is going to help you say, it's going to help you look at things, meaning now you have the acumen to say, here's what got me here. I did X, Y, and Z, and you've been tracking it and documenting it, knowing that you're going to need that same skill set or that same thing to replicate in in office number two, which is going to have its own unique little variances. But you like you've seen the movie before, which is why it's so important that flagship thing. I wish I had spent more time with that flagship thing because because it will really help you when when you have to weather the storm. And there might be a storm on that. Might you might have picked the wrong spot, so to speak, right? You may have amp up your marketing. You might have demographically picked the wrong area. You might your bank may be calling for you know I don't know all these things. And you're gonna have different set of problems. What scares me the most? Uh, there are, there are, yes, yes, there are definitely parts. I mean, I'm excited, but there's also parts that I, I'm, I'm really worried about. It's because, it, what I, what I'm scared about the most is, can I replicate on? Maybe not quite as good as what we did, but can I replicate it again without myself? Oh. And that's, that's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to test. I'm, I want to test what what I'm about to go do. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going to try, I'm going to absolutely. Can your business thrive in the absence of the creator is what you're trying to, is what you're the hypothesis you're wanting to test now. Right. Not mine. Like, can I do open this other practice I'm tracking without yeah. me? And that's so like, I just had a conversation this morning. I have a, I don't have an operations manager anymore. Um, that didn't work out. That was a oh. uh, bad idea, but, okay. um, it was a good idea, but it, it was the wrong person. <laughs> but I have a I have a clinical manager, which for me is like, it 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 is has been a phenomenal hire for me. So she, okay. um, anyway. So I just had a conversation with her um, this morning, and I said, "Can you write down all the things that you do that if you were not here?" We, we would know what needs to be delegated to. You got hit by a bus. What do you do? <laughs> Misty thought I was firing her. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, um, but no, I said, I, you know, I, uh, you know, I, you always have a job. Well, look, man, that's, I, I know we're making a joke about that, but this is a very important thing. And it's, and it's, and it's pervasive in dentistry. We spend time creating, training, teaching. And then this person jumps into this role, like you're saying, this, this person who's taken a lot off your plate, this clinical role, and they have all this beautiful IP. And where is that IP kept? 
in their head. And what happens when they leave? It goes with them. Typically your head goes with you, right? So like, so we lose all of this IP as opposed to like, hey, you're doing, so Trey, you're doing the right thing. Automate, systematize whatever system you're doing. I need you to replicate it. Not because you're being fired, not because of anything, but like that is incumbent upon the success of the business for me to, for me to ask you to do this, right? So that someone else can step in in your shoes if something catastrophic happened or if you decide to leave this office. Right? Yep. Not that you're you're not going to get fired, but if you decide to leave, I can't prevent that. So therefore, I need this for the health of the yep. business and the people you're leaving. I need you to to document this. Yeah, and she's a she's for her entire career. She's been an assistant, and um, for her entire career, um, she, she just has been the one that does it. You know, she just does it. And so, I mean, I've had very direct conversations with her that said, you know, if I I don't care if you go in the back, and I, I said, think of your job as if if you can walk in and you do absolutely nothing all along and everything runs and operates. I was like, I will always find you something to do. Even right. if it's a problem. But if you can walk in and you sit back on your phone and, and play on your phone and look on Facebook, which she's done, I don't even know if she has Facebook, but if, she, if you play on your phone all day, I am perfectly okay with that. As long as this thing runs squeaky clean, I'm like, I will always find you something to do, but think of it that way. Think of it as if you're, you're making your job not necessary and then when you do that, then you, you've done, you've done a good job. So I want to pause here for a second. Um, Cause I want your feedback on this. There's probably a lot of dentists listening to this at, at all stages of the life cycle of where they are. They're thinking about me mentioning that one key person, the person that made their life so much better. And they're thinking, Oh man, that's, you know, that's Cindy at my office, man, if she left shit, I would be up shit Creek. I would be just, it would take, it would turn my world upside down. That is a business vulnerability. So if you are listening to that and that was you and Trey, this probably would go to you as well. Um, is that if you have that key person, right? That, that key man or key woman in your office, in your practice, and you're saying, God, how do I even die? How do I get them to document it? They're probably not going to create that system of documentation because you told them to create that system of documentation, right? Because they don't have enough time in their day. I think it has to be something fully intentional that you're like, look, let's make a list that a fifth grader can understand of all the actions that you do. We're going to calculate your day, your ideal day. We're going to break it down into five minute segments. And then I want you to write down the task. Okay. To create, this is just the way my brain works this is why you're smiling. Trey. That's what I just said to her. Oh, okay. And I say, I'm going to hire a videographer because it's not, it doesn't have to be edited or really, I'm going to hire someone and I'm going to document these things down um, at these five minute, these, you know, this hundred tasks, these hundred things that you do in, in, in accumulation of your job. And I'm going to, and because you're not going to be able to do it in your free time of just like creating me this system documentation. So imagine having a videographer that you said, Hey, how much would it be for you to come in and film? They're like, Oh, it's 400 bucks for the day or 500 bucks for the day. But now guess what? You have Cindy's complete IP in video form where you can put it in modules for somebody else. That is next level, in my opinion. Yeah, I refuse. Uh, it's it. This this is the one thing that keeps would keep me will keep me up at night. If I if my if I feel like my practice hinges on any one person, my, yeah. myself, 
Like well, it's, I, a, it's a it's a vulnerability. It's literally a vulnerability. I mean, it's and so this is the anxiety that's going to come from you not having this kind of peace with your business or practice is knowing that at any moment, you know, it's like spinning plates. At any moment, if that big plate comes down, we're in a shitstorm. Right. That is a massive. You can't take a deep breath anymore because it's like, right. Your business is predicated on the actions of one. Yeah. No. And I, and I feel even, you know, I would be upset if, if the one person left just because I think she'd be leaving a, a great opportunity for herself because I see where, uh, you know, what potential she has. But I, I don't, there's, I, I feel like I, I could plug and play, you know, either someone internally or, externally into every position in, in our practice. And we've got, uh, we have a lot of people here. I mean, we've got, um, you know, there's probably 17 or 18 full-time employees and four or five part permanent part-time, which I consider two day, two day a week, like uh, part-time. Yeah. So, the success of your practice can't be predicated on thorough, like you hiring these unicorns and thoroughbreds. Cause as we know, they only come around our life, you know, every so often, what you can do though, is take those unicorns and document them and create a system that they that they are the unicorns. So we all have those those people in our practice. Because, you know, look, if if business, if business success, like think about like, let's say like a high-end chain, like a Starbucks. I don't know if that's the only high-end thing I could go with. If if those people are when you go into a Starbucks, I always marvel at them. Like they're flying around, they're doing things, they get it pretty right all the time. It's a decent, it's a pretty good experience, right? And they're all over the place. The Starbucks are all over the place in locations because they've created an operational standpoint where they can plug and play and grow and things like that. I think of Houston's too, is kind of another, another chain. Um, so back to your point of, of, you know, the people are the most important. I think you even started the pod with that, right? You, you started with using a team that, you know, a phrase, the personnel, which, you know, we're changing to, to kind of just be the team, the team you're deciding to play with. Right, right. No, it's and it's so important. I mean, you know, we um, we have people come in our office, never met us before in our life. And I I tell them they need, you know, a, a tooth taken out or something and a root canal and, and people's, you know, patients comments are. You know, I, and they say this all the time, and it, it just fascinates me. And they say, "Oh, well, you know, I trust you." You know, like, yeah, if that's what you think, then that's what we're gonna. I'm like, hey, tr- you don't, hey, trust me. You just met me for like two minutes. I've never worked on you in my life, and 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 then I and one day it kind of hit me. It's like it's not about me. This is my team. You know, this is the from well, the- I would push back on that, but yes, I I like where you're tracking, but yes, it is it is. The entire team. It was the it was the experience that they were given from inception of searching you online to picking up the phone and calling to greeting in the in the waiting room to having a tour of the office to all these things. Right. Ultimately, by the time it got to you, you were the cherry on top that came in with confidence, clinical acumen, empathy, all the things that put the cherry on top. And they're like, "I trust you." Whatever you said, it wasn't that they trust. It wasn't that you were the inflection point, Trey. It was like you said, like you're saying, the team and the whole process prepared them for saying whatever you think, Doc. Yeah, and it's it just it still blows my mind that someone just says yes and open your mouth and let me put a needle in your mouth after after they've just met me for for no time. But you're right. I mean, that's a hundred percent right. And I and I'm getting to where I try and say less and less and less in every single appointment, and hmm. because 
I mean, I my hygiene. Tell me why. Tell me why. I'll screw it up. Like my hygiene and my team's better at it than I am. And mm-hmm. so my hygiene exams are, I, you know, I, I walk in, I meet so-and-so and I ask them what they do and chat a little bit about what they do or their hobbies. And, and I lay them back and I look in their mouth. I tell them you need a couple, if it's routine, you know, if it's like, you know, you need something complicated, yep. we'll you need a couple fillings and a couple crowns. I don't show them x-rays. You need a couple fillings, get a couple crowns. Let's get you, we'll get you scheduled and get you a treatment plan and get you back as soon as you can. I'm done. That's it. And that works for me. And and then, but my hygienist and the team around me can then go through and explain the stuff on the on the x-rays or the photographs or, you know, what it's going to cost. And if I sit in there and talk, the more I talk, the more I screw it up. Every yep. time. Every yep. Every time, or I talk that that crown into an MODL filling, and I'm miserable just because I felt bad for Mrs. Jones. So I, anyways, so that's, um, but I, but it's all because my team can train and back me up and say things like, "Oh, Dr. Miller's great," or, um, you know, "You're gonna he does great work," or "He worked on my mom," or you know, they've all we've all talked about saying those little little pieces of um, information that make massive. I love it, but this is this is next level stuff. I always say most of my anxiety when I was clinical didn't come from the the practice of didn't come from the procedure, right? It came from the small talk that led up to that. So the the more and I would do I would acquiesce just like you and be like, well, could do this, or you could do this, or we should do this, right? As a and that my team's looking at like, what are you doing? Like we already talked about them doing this quadrant, and now you're saying like, what are you doing? Get out of here. Right. And like, it's so funny, but I got sweaty back around the small talk and I don't know what I'm doing a good job, but I just wanted to get to the clinical aspect of it. It's so funny. You say that, right. You almost want to go in, have a good team that you trust bobblehead and say, yeah, I'm agreeing with what I'm finding and look what we're doing. And yeah, let's get you scheduled bobblehead and then get the hell out of the operatory. Cause all you can do is, is confuse and therefore right. unenroll the treatment. Absolutely. Or, or you'll convince yourself to do something <laughs> yeah. as good yeah. before you yeah. even tell them what what's going on. And so, um, yeah, it's you know that that piece of it. Now you know now I'm to the point like I can't my practice can't grow. We can't grow anymore off of me unless I dive into full arch dentistry, which I don't want to do because that's really hard to replicate um, or to bring bring another provider to do. Um, and so I'm. I'm in the mode of like, all right, how how do we train leaders or um, managers to then then disseminate and and help train everyone else? Or how do I work with my doctors to get them to where their you know production per hour is you know eight hundred dollars, eight hundred plus an hour? Like how how do we do that? Um, so so you're saying that I'm going to make like a car analogy. Let's say you redline a, a car at fifty five hundred. You're saying that really you didn't have, you don't have kind of true growth if you're pegged at redline all the time, just doing all you can do and look at these numbers and all the things. You have to kind of get back to where it's running at 3,000 RPMs where you have some time, you're not overwhelmed, you're able to think outside your practice because you, you don't, you become the bottleneck, right? Right. And you're saying like, look, we, I, we can't grow anymore with me. We can't grow anymore with my personal production. So therefore, I have to account for some time to train, lead other practitioners in the practice, whether it's hygienist or dentist. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I've told you 
don't know, a week or so ago, like I feel like I'm getting pulled out of the chair and and that my time is more valuable out outside of the chair than than in just for those same reasons. I mean, you know, I handed off a slam dunk, you know, it was like a simple seven to 10 case the other day, which would take no time to do, but I handed it off to another doctor and because she's really great at it. And, and it's like, yes, I could have just told them what they needed. And, you know, two hours later, it's a four or $5,000 procedure, but it's like, all right, I've got to, I've got to back off some of mine to be able to build them because what good does it do if I'm running around hair on fire, you know, 10, 10, producing 10, $15,000 a day. And they're, they're not quite as busy. So, uh, you know, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm to that point of even, even stopping saying like, I don't do certain things. Like I don't enjoy cosmetic, um, like crown and bridge. I hate it. Like I'm probably one of the only doctors <laughs> out there that, that do, I just, I, I can do it. I do a really good job at it. I can smile design. I can like this, the details. Yeah, but I you don't, don't like it. You're self-aware enough to say like, Hey, like, I don't want to do more shit. I don't want to do no matter the money. Right. And right? She loves and that, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful place to be in. And, and also it then frees up, like you're saying, you, you triage and put a gift on your associates plate that says, Hey, this, this case is ready to go. I want you to do it. Like you talk about goodwill towards another human or another practitioner who in most cases in our industry, Trey, it's, I'm going to, how many times you heard this? I'm going to hire some, an associate, to do the shit work. Oh yeah. No. How many times you, I mean, literally if I hear that one more time, I'm not being dramatic. It's like, it makes me, it's so cringeworthy. Cause I'm like, that is not a sustainable thing. And, and people are like, well, associates fail. They always fail. No kidding. Because the because the the phrase we've been using is I'm going to hire an associate to give them the shit work. Who wants to stay around and do shit work? Right. So I commend you on taking a a quote unquote temporary haircut financially, in order to propel the business forward. Hard, hard, right? Because look, it's intoxicating, Trey. It's intoxicating to 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 do the case, enroll the case. Do, you know, you can see it already done. It's intoxicating. D dentistry becomes intoxicating that way. You're like, I'm good. I enrolled it. Look at the case I'm going to do. Look at my outcome. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Endorphins are at a high. So it, it's hard to give away like the drug that, that makes you feel good. Yeah. Right. And give it to someone else. I mean, like, all right, it's yours, I guess. This morning we had a, my associate came came in and she had a you know number 15 that needed a root canal and she didn't feel comfortable doing it and 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 i and the guy ends up he needed a bridge he wanted a bridge to go along with it and and I, it was i mean you know she said do you want to do the root canal and i said yeah i'll do that for you and i thought about it i thought about it i thought about it i'm like oh man it'd be so easy just to prep both teeth and then add three thousand dollars i'm like i'm like you know what and i so i told schedule you know the, um, my front desk to schedule it with time where she can finish the bridge prep on it right. and and oh, it was hard to, she was so thankful she was just like because she it was like painful for her to come to me to ask me to do the root canal and she was willing to give up the entire procedure for the benefit of the patient and i said i said let's schedule it and i'll get you back i'll tell the patient you know she's really great at her i don't it's, it's, uh, it's so true. And, and, and I love that you did that because you're starting to think like, look, if shit hits the fan, the easiest person to get busy is me. Right. you're thinking this as Trey, right? You're saying I'm, I, I'm the best enroller. I'm the owner. I'm putting the hard work. I can do it. Right. 
it's it starts insulating your business more to make other providers busy as opposed to well i just i gave them away right i sacrificed and you start it's not a sacrifice it's just it's just starting to insulate yourself a little bit more even though it's tough in the beginning i trust me i've gone through all these permutations okay trey i want to wrap because i don't want to, i don't want to keep i mean i feel like we could go shit we could go to all different sectors of the of the planet on uh dental ownership and such I'm going to end with one last question. Okay. If you could give yourself advice as Trey 2.0, 2023, February, 2023, Trey to Trey pre COVID, whether that you can give advice to the, the, the associate Trey or the Trey setting out on his journey, the scary journey, what advice would you give? It's a hard question. You can take a few seconds to, uh, really make it prophetic that's i mean for example trey don't be scared it's gonna suck it's gonna hurt there's gonna be things but don't but fear isn't something you should have to have or i don't know i'm trying i'm just trying to give you i'm trying to i'm trying to fill in the uh the silence here with some things or like hey trey you need to have learned you should learn this more Right, like leadership. I should have done more leadership books, or I should have wrote my vision down better, or I should have learned more about marketing, or I should have put everything in video, or I should have right all these things. And maybe it's all those. Um, but if there is one thing that you could give advice to that would have made the pain, quote unquote, I'm, I'm putting pain in air quotes, the pain of getting to where you are now less, what would it be? Make time to 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 look at your life and business uh, uh, it's kind of what i said earlier look make time to look at your life and business from from an outside perspective and whether that's an hour a day just to you know self-audit where you are and where you want to go because it's it, it it can you know even thinking about coming on this podcast makes me go back and relive you know all the steps that helps me that helped me get to where we are today and sometimes it's nice just to do that to to kind of give yourself a little pat on the back and to realize yep. how much hard work you've put in and how much you know and where you've grown to because when you're in it like when i'm in it you don't think about what you're doing you're just grinding every single day and it's hard and and but if you can take a step back and just reflect which is really hard to do then and and then to analyze what your north star is where you want to go where you are and where you came from it, it's it's a very powerful tool and i love that i love that i think it's i think it's great it's giving yourself some a giving yourself some grace b i mean that's kind of why we start our bulletproof pathway and mastermind and all things with the vision because the vision can be your north star it can be the thing that quote unquote makes you bulletproof because you're going to go through a little war and then be like what am i doing i can't like you said you called me what am i gonna what am i doing i can't do this anymore and then you kind of re re audit that relook at that and you're like oh yeah this is why and it re-energizes you for the next battle what, because one more thing that's a little i wrote this down too and it's regular that I, I wish I would have figured out a lot earlier is is inefficient processes amplify exponentially with scale. And and I wish I would have known that in the beginning because you 
you have all these great ideas. You listen to all these podcasts. You look, you, you look at all these other people's systems and things they're doing, and you want to be like them, and you want to do it like them. And then you may just create, and, and it may seem like the simplest thing in the world to you at the time, but as you scale, everything exponentially gets more complicated. And and simple, simple is easy, you know. It's just... I love it. That's such a great place to end. I love that simple, like the simplicity. I, and this takes me back. Did you major in science by chance, like as a pre-dental student? Yes. Okay. Do you remember the term entropy? Yes, but don't Okay. Remember. So entropy is the, remember it's back in cellular and biology and it's basically the, the default in nature is to get more disorganized essentially, right? The cellular process. Get, so what I, where I went with that when you were saying that is, and I completely agree as someone who has a lot of scale in this ecosystem, the bigger the molecule, the more tendency there is for the, the more tendency for entropy to prevail. Hmm. I'm not trying to be all deep and whoa, woo woo, but like that, that you are completely right. When you're just small, you can suppress the entropy, the disorganization, because you are the, the, you are the nucleus of that molecule. Right? When your molecule gets giant and multicellular even, it's harder to do that without some simple, efficient processes that have been documented and organized through other things. So I love, I love that, that now you're, now you're kind of working to suppress that entropy. Yeah, that could be a whole another hour. <laughs> it's your good. It's your good. But sure good. yeah, so just, you know, everybody just make sure you, you know what you, you know what you want. You know where you're going. You've got a good group of people around you. You know whoever that is, whether that's you know the podcast or you know masterminds or um, you know it's so important to have that support system around you. And you know you know Pete, I, I I'll never be able to repay you for uh, everything we've been through. So I I really appreciate you. Yeah, man, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. I'm super proud of you. And, you know, and like you, like you said, it, it does, it takes just engaging and getting outside of your comfort zone, right? Whether that's a, a study club that you're in, right? And you're, and you're, and you're forced to kind of learn in your community, or you go to a summit with your team, potentially that could be it. That could be a catalytic move, or maybe it's even, you know, next level where you're just sick and tired of the same results and you want to join a mastermind, which, which you want to have, you know, you want exceptional results. You want to change the trajectory of your life. Um, or optimize your life, maybe not even change the trajectory, just optimize for that of what you're living. And at the end, going back to what we've said, the end, the ultimate KPI, the ultimate thing we're all striving to do, whether we know it or not, is just create massive fulfillment with our lives and using dentistry and the business of dentistry as the vehicle to do that. So anyway, that was awesome, buddy. That was awesome. I will, um, I will wrap and um, looking forward to seeing you. And I know I just saw you in Salt Lake and looking forward to seeing you in uh, person. Maybe this might not be until the summit. I don't know. Since we've already done both of our mastermind ret retreats um, in Mexico and now Salt Lake. I'm wondering if the next time I'm going to see you is going to, are you going to come to summit first off? Yeah, I'm speaking. <laughs> oh yeah. Duh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, see, see, that was a perfect softball for saying, Trey, <laughs> if you liked what you you and Bonner are both doing a, um, you are the kind of the startup superstars and you're doing kind of a presentation on that. Correct. Correct. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so if this resonated with you or you want some help and you want more of Trey's secrets, we'll see you in Vegas at the wind. All right, right, guys, have a good one.
Thank you.